I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And folks, we are doing something a little different over the coming weeks. In a way, you might label this a Purple Patch Podcast Takeover. You see, for the coming month, we are going to dedicate our focus around some key subjects for triathletes who are getting back into race mode. Now, it might be ironic that we're going to label this as a takeover. After all, Purple Patch serves so many triathletes. But we fully realize that a large percentage of our listening audience don't identify with that sport per se. We realize that this show is anchored around a single word, performance. And this could be anchored in triathlon, but obviously extends well beyond. But here we are facing a month ahead of us, all triathlon racing. Let me explain the why and what it's going to look like. We've all shared a really tough last year. In fact, right now, we're about one full year through this experience that absolutely upended lives and created so much stress. And through this journey, you have heard me call for calm, stability, focus on the journey. I led you to education on the path to remain on task so that when the fog begins to clear, I told you that I believe that you would be primed to unleash some wonderful performances. Performances with potential that were better than ever before. And well, here we are. We have arrived. That fog is starting to clear. And over the coming month, we are going to start to see some serious return to racing. And it's like you're only going to ramp from this point onwards. And this means that we feel at Purple Patch. It's now our responsibility to help athletes thrive and arrive to those races with the best mindset, strategies, and tactics so that you can nail success. And so over the coming weeks, we've decided to explore subjects that are going to help you in your race. And it's going to be some really practical stuff. Today, what we want to do is set the mindset and also provide some tactical guidance. So you want to think about today's show as the umbrella show. But over the coming weeks, we're going to dive into very specific subjects and include some world-class experts in their fields to help you. We're going to talk about conquering swim fear. So many athletes face that, and it's going to be amplified as it's either your first race or the first race back in a long time. We're going to talk about fueling and hydration. We're going to be welcoming Andy Blowback from Precision Hydration. And we've got the team at IOG Bike Fitting coming back to talk about bike fitting, packing, and race readiness. We're going to dive into strength training with my coach, Michael Wozinski, again. And we're going to go through some very, very hearty race tactics and a little bit of evaluation. It's been a while, folks. And so really, for the first time in kind of the history of this show, we're sort of creating a collection, a collection for you to save, to return to in the future, to utilize, and of course, to share with anyone that you know who might be racing and might benefit. 
We are also planning to build a host of supporting education for you and deliver helpful tips and tricks on our social channels. And you can find those in the show notes, of course. But over the coming month, probably the most relevant is via Instagram at Purple Patch Fitness. Now, before we march in here, I can hear the grumbles. The grumbles of the 50%. Yes, you folks that are already starting to sulk because you're not a triathlete. But there's no need to fret, no need to desert. We ain't jumping the shark quite yet. Every week, what we plan to do is go back through all of the seasons of this show and highlight some of the shows that we think you might find valuable, and we bet you probably haven't listened to yet. So we're going to continue as well to develop some really interesting education around broader life performance so that you can stay connected and so that you can progress over this coming month. Now, if you're a newcomer to the show at this point, this is a wonderful time that you can follow us. And please share with your friends. In fact, even you old timers, what are you waiting for? Share this show with your friends and give us a follow, will you? Jiminy, what's a man got to do to get a drink in this place? All right, so today, the return to racing, a global look at your return and a chance to set the right mindset and approach. But before we do that, we've got an opportunity to talk about you. Yes, because it is, ladies and gentlemen, ooh, the bleeding heck are you? And today, we are going to discuss one of our individually coached athletes. Yes, one of our one-to-one clients, coached led by one of our small but dedicated coaching team. And this week it is, well, it's our strength guru, isn't it? Mike Olzinski. And you might remember, Mike, from our recent podcast that we did on strength training. And if you missed that episode, well, I would label it unmissable. So I encourage you to go back and give it a crack. We again will post it in the show notes for you. It's a wonderful episode if you didn't get to listen to it. But our focus today is one of Mike's athletes who, her name, Tracy. Now Tracy is mid-40s and she has completed several half marathons and shorter triathlons. And she is inspired, or was I should say, inspired to, in her words, go longer. In other words, start to step up to do maybe a marathon, even a 70.3 Ironman. But she arrived to Coach Mike with a simple statement. She said, I'm not designed to go long. My body breaks down with the mileage. Self-declares as a completer, not a competitor, she didn't see, again in her words, how she could be successful to do the mileage required to go longer. So what we did is we dug in with a little diagnosis, and a few things were obvious. Firstly, Tracy was doing a fair amount of mileage, but it certainly lacked that magic word specificity. Most days seemed to be kind of hard. Not that hard, but also not that easy. And even though thoughts of strength training glimmered, that was always the first thing out of the schedule. She sort of had a plodding spirit. I know that sounds a little cruel, but it was true. And she had a little bit of a plodder's mindset. And so she consistently went through her training, checking the box, and 
sometimes getting frustrated with niggles and pains and everything that she just associated as a part of the journey. So when Mike started coaching her, I said, what are you going to do, Captain? What's your solution? What he came up with, a great quote. Get a strong, get vert, get walking. Get vert. Goodness me, how very Brooklyn. But his simple words made sense when he translated it into programming. Get strong, get vert, get walking. So what Mike did is he designed a proper strength program that integrated a host of self-care and stability. He dropped Trace's total weekly mileage of her training, but ramped it up in a few key areas. He did a lot of hill-based walking, big resilience, big strength, and a real focus in helping to retain proper posture. And then he infused high-intensity intervals, but those intervals on running always had walk breaks so that she could reset fall. On the bike, well, he amplified the bike, did a lot of bike work, a lot of trainer-based work, and did a host of low-cadence riding. You've heard me talk about that in recent weeks. And finally, he asked Tracy to transition most of her runs onto a soft surface, and particularly hilly trail running. In Mike's words, he wanted to add forced fake intervals through terrain. I like that. In other words, the hills created the work. Now, of course, Tracy was, as you might imagine, a little bit hesitant. But the variable terrain and hill walks really produced more challenge than she expected. And she actually started to enjoy the strength work. And the reason for that is it was so structured, progressive. It wasn't random. And of course, she began to curse my name as I was the architect of some of those most challenging bike rides. So where are we at? Well, we're 12 months in, and I'll tell you what she's doing now. Do you remember I called her a plodder? Right now, she's a chaser. Tracy is chasing. In the key sessions, she is chasing performance, driving hard, and has absolutely fallen in love with the quest to boost performance. She isn't injured, and she certainly isn't plodding. Now, beyond this, she views herself differently. In her world of competition now, do you remember I said she was a completer? Now she views herself as a competitor, but a competitor against her own barriers. And those barriers have, boof, exploded. Well, 2020 happened, and so we haven't seen the results in races yet, but Mike has one eager and charged up athlete. Tracy, well, she won't probably be winning age groups. She might not even qualify to the world championships, but I promise you she is going to radically improve. But more than this, she now finds herself with great purpose in her training. It's meeting her needs at the point that they needed to be met. And it has allowed a complete evolution of mindset. It has transitioned her own perspective on herself as an athlete and ultimately, broadly, as a person. And so she began with Mike a year ago, intimidated. Now she's chasing. She sees herself as a real athlete. And that's because she is. And that's because we all are. You see, all it took for Tracy was a shift in lens, a little purpose infused into her approach and programming. And to me, 
That is a story of a brave athlete, an open athlete, and some really good individual education and coaching from Coach Mike. So it reminds me really of Purple Patch as a whole. We tend to go on about athletes that win a lot. But in our mind, Tracy is as much of a champion as Sam Appleton or any other high achiever. The thread amongst them both and every athlete is improvement, self-improvement, the pursuit of your own brand of excellence. And we don't need to think much beyond that. And so, Tracy, I know that you wanted your last name held back, but we are bursting at the seams. We cannot wait to see you tear it up on the race course. Well done. All right, Barry, that is it. Now it's over to you, mate. I know you're in a rush. I know you need to pop home and mow the lawn. But can you please just give me a little jingle before we leave you? Thank you very much, folks. It is Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the wings. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week this week, it is celebration. Celebrate good times. Come on. It is celebration, guys. It is the Return to Racing podcast, and this week's Word of the Week is the word that you should staple on your heart for your very first race back. Your first race back is a celebration. It has been, well, it's been a year, hasn't it? And suddenly we arrive back at a race. And I know, just like us, you are salivating with excitement because it's just been too long. And I realize that many of you listening will feel rusty. No, be rusty. And inevitably, the questions will start to bubble up for you. Oh, am I going to be ready? What if I don't do well? But these are the wrong questions. In fact, I would right now accept the simple fact that you are not in the place to be able to answer the question of am I going to be ready? And instead of trying to answer that question, put your first race back in the place of mind which is appropriate, which is it's a celebration to be back. It can and it should be fun. There are no strings attached. It is a chance for you to give it a big whack with a smile on your face. When you step up to race, you just want to ask your body the question. It's a very simple question. And what's the question you ask? Well, it's a simple question to the body. What have you got for me? What have you got for me? Now, you mentally don't need to answer it. You need to give yourself space to enable your body to provide the answer to you. So just go rip it up. You don't need to get in the way of that. And once the race is over, then you are drawn into a place that you can take lessons. And from those lessons, you can build to your next event. Now, if you have a stunning performance, good, build from it. If you faced a host of challenges, all right, rust off, what are the lessons? Build from it. You see, this first race back 
is exactly that. It's a first race back. And it is a stepping stone for you to, good or bad, go and create a magical season of performance. Your first race back. A celebration. And that is why this week, celebration is the word of the week. All right, let's dig in. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the meat and potatoes. Fasten your seatbelts, folks. It's not just the meat and potatoes. It's time to race. All right. It might not be quite your time yet, but listen to the show. And then maybe when it is your time, re-listen to the show. But this is a collector's item. I never thought I was going to create a collector's item. As mentioned in the introduction, this is step one in our, for the first time ever, Purple Patch podcast takeover, a collection of shows to arm you with the knowledge, mindset, and tactics to deliver your best experience for your first race, whether it's your first time or perhaps a return after a racing hiatus. I promise you the lessons today are the same. So let's dive in. We are going to outline three main things. Number one, your expectations. Number two, framing what you should focus on. And thirdly, a practical list of things to help you prepare. Some of the must-dos that you might just forget if we weren't here to remind you. Now, we've got a little bonus section as well with a tip to integrate if you happen to be several weeks out before the gun goes off. But we'll just treat that like the cherry on top of the cake at the end. Today, we're not going to go through too much around race tactics or race execution because we've got a lot of that coming up in the next few weeks. We're also going to hold back on some of the equipment considerations. We're going to bypass fueling and hydration. We're not going to dig too deep into that swim, which I know is a scary point for many of you. And why, you ask? It's because those are some of the subjects that we are going to be checking off over the coming weeks in our takeover. And so without further ado, knowing that those are in our back pocket, we're not going to take them out today. Let's get going. And we will begin the simple word, your expectations. Now, the truth is you should have none. Don't be defeated. This is liberating. The likelihood is that it's been a while since your last race. And in fact, if it's your first time, well, what can I say? It's your first time. In either scenario, it is, in all honesty, really unclear how your body is going to respond to the unique situation and stresses of racing. Now, this doesn't mean that things are destined to go poorly for you. Not at all. But having no expectations is a very, very different thing than coming into the event with low expectations. What I mean by no expectations is that it simply means that you can liberate yourself for having to come up with answers to questions that just simply cannot be pre-answered before the race goes on. How's my body going to respond? Will my body be able to handle race pace? Might I hold it together in the back half of the race? Oh my goodness me, this is the big one. Am I ready? 
Instead of trying to overanalyze and coming up for solutions for things that don't need to be solved before an event, instead I encourage you to take on a mindset of what I might label excited curiosity. As mentioned earlier in the show, your first race back should be a pure celebration. And I would even mix that in with a little bit of gratitude. It might be good for you to carry some gratitude into this race. Gratitude for your health, your opportunity to race itself, and a signal that our world is just beginning to transition back to some version of normal. Now, you have trained your behind off for the last few months. And you are rightfully really excited. And you're likely going to build some very normal body priming pre-race jitters. But what you don't need to do is build a stack of expectations on performance. Because you are diving in for the first time, at least the first time for a while. And so if you embrace the mindset of no expectations. Remembering, it's not low expectations, it's no expectations. Then you're in a place that you can shift your lens on the things that you truly can control. And you can prepare for and set yourself up mentally, physically, and practically to give yourself the best opportunity to have a great experience in a personal performance. So I would say that never has the phrase process, not outcome. Oh, excuse me, mostly American audience. Process, not outcome, has been more pertinent of a lens for you to look through than this scenario. First race or first race back. Okay, so those are the expectations. There are none. And that's a really important thing. In fact, if you take nothing else, nothing else, from this show than just that, that you are going to remove the cloak of expectations and just go give it a crack, you're already over 50% of the way there. And so in itself, that's beneficial. But the next question that you might have is the second part, which is, okay, if I combine to having no expectations, what should I focus on? Where should I place my mental energy? Well, It probably won't surprise you that I'm going to tell you to focus on the controllables. And so let's break down this little section on focus into three main little areas. The first, I'm going to talk about your training going in. Now, if you're coached outside of Purple Patch, I encourage you to discuss this section with your own coach or really take stock of your own approach to training if you happen to be self-coached. All I'm doing here is merely applying my lens on preparation. And I would say that for most athletes, I would encourage them, and certainly the way that I build it, is to try and avoid having a huge race build and massive taper into your first race back. I don't think that's the most beneficial way, both psychologically as well as physically, to have your best first race back performance. As much as possible, I would keep a regular rhythm of training all the way up until about 48 to 72 hours pre-race. And then I would just pull the foot off the gas a little bit. And that would be so that we can allow the muscles 
to regenerate a little bit, get some systemic recovery, and ensure that our substrates are up to scratch. We're properly hydrated, properly fueled, etc. Therefore, we're going to be race ready. Now, a natural question that you should have off of this is, okay, great. I'll keep on my regular rhythm of training, but you're telling me just 48 to 72 hours back, you're going to pull back. And so how do you, Mr. Dixon, prevent the athlete from arriving fit and fatigued? Well, great. I'm glad you asked. Good. You're thinking. The way to do this is to integrate a few days of real clean out and deep recuperation somewhere between 14 to 21 days prior to the actual event. You're going to go three or four days of serious rest and recuperation, much, much lower stress, but we're going to do it far away from the actual event. And by resting this far out of the race, it provides you with the luxury of coming back and doing another rhythm or block of training that feels familiar and it's just going to be a little bit lighter than what a normal block of nastiness would be. And then we back off for the last couple of days and we're going to bounce back from much shallower level of fatigue and you should be ready to have a cracking workout on the weekend that happens to have a title of a race on it. Now, this approach for your first race back is going to guide you towards the race without the usual heavy emphasis of some big taper. And I promise you that going into it with a big taper mindset, it's just going to play havoc with your body rhythm as well as your mind. And so instead, I encourage you to arrive to your first race back as just a part of your training build. And in fact, treat your race day like what it is, a really, really hard, challenging, nasty training session. That's right. The more your body and mind keeps race day feeling like a really challenging weekend training session, the higher the likelihood of a really solid race performance. Okay, so that's the training. That frames it up. Second, I encourage you to spend a little bit of time planning the approach of your race. You see, if racing is either a brand new experience or a refresh of a distant memory, we need to align on a few components and expectations. And so let me list them now. In a triathlon, it's a really a pretty long thing. Okay, even if you're just doing a sprint distance race, it's still an hour. It's not like it's a 100-meter dash. And so over the course of your sprint, your Olympic, your half Ironman, your Ironman first returning race, you can absolutely expect some ups and some downs of energy, mood, performance, all throughout the day. And in fact, the first race back are going to be more likely to have greater swings of those ups and downs than your third or fourth or fifth race back. And so let's anticipate some turbulence and let's be ready to respond, not react, respond to that turbulence because we are going to have things that will occur outside of the norm. 
And in order to do that, I think it's important for us to come back and ground ourselves with the definition of the project. In a race, when the gun goes off, there is a simple objective. Let's boil it down. Remember, we've got no expectations. Your objective, your job, is to get to the finish line as quickly as you possibly can. Don't make it more complicated than that. Now, of course, the special thing about triathlon is that in order to do that, to go from gun to that wonderful ticker tape, you must navigate three disciplines. You must swim, you must bike, and you must run. And you must transition between those three disciplines. Collectively, they make up the single sport. But realize, no matter what happens, your job remains. Don't overcomplicate it. You must get to the finish line as fast as you possibly can. So don't, number one, judge yourself along the way. And number two, whatever happens, keep focusing on the doing. Let me paint an analogy for you. Let's make it really simple. We go to the park and I outline an obstacle course for you. Now, first, there's a section of rope swings. Then there's tires on the ground, and you must right leg, left leg, right leg, flag leg, hop through the tires. You get it. And finally, you must crawl through the mud under the razor wire. Oh, I'm a nasty bastard, aren't I? Between each section, you've got a little grassy area that you need to run across to your next obstacle. Yep, I just built in a transition. You got it? You got the rope swings, you got the tires and you've got the mud crawl. All right, so imagine that you get through the rope swings really well and then you go hopping over right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg, yep, you try and do that. I can't do it, you try and do it. It's a tongue twister. But imagine you're on the tires and you don't navigate that section well. You trip, guess what, it happened. But what you don't do is walk off the course. What you do is you get up, you put the right leg back in, the left leg, and then you carry on and you keep going and you aim to play catch up. There isn't a different time reward for each obstacle. You just have to get to the finish line as quickly as you can. Well, there you go. In the sport of triathlon, if you have a tough time in the swim, it's the same thing as those tires. You just put it behind the ears and you focus on the next thing. A poor swim won't define your day. What did I say? Process, not outcome. Good. Okay, so we've got training. We've established the challenge. Finally, I encourage you to do a little recon and planning. What you need to do is understand the challenges of the race that you're doing. And once you've done that, you ask yourself a question, how can I best navigate? And so it's going to pay you dividends if you do a little homework on the course. 
What's the swim course? What are the typical swim conditions? Ensure that you review the bike course, both in terms of the route, the terrain, and the typical conditions. And then, of course, the same applies for the run. You train very, very hard every day. But ultimately, your race day is about managing that fitness and strength across the challenge of the terrain and the length of the course. Now, in general terms, your initial race plan for that first race back is not one where high aggression is the best race tactic. We train consistently, but race fitness and race readiness tends to build over multiple events for most athletes. And so as a global rule, I much prefer athletes to have a positive experience and something to build from in that initial race back. And in order to do that, it's better to be on the line of caution than it is saying, yippee, I'm going to jump off a cliff and try and be a hero and see what happens. And so I would seldom ask any athlete in their first race back to be hyper-aggressive. In fact, I've got six things to remember. You can write these on your hand if you like. Six things. If you do this, it's pretty much your race tactics. No metrics, managing and calm. Six things. Really simple. Number one, be calm in the initial part of the swim. Anxiety and excitement is high. Most people oversum it. Be calm in the initial part of the swim. Number two, still on the swim. Try and be stronger in the back half of the swim. Ah, negative split, you say. Yes, try and be stronger in the back half of the swim. Two down, that's your swim. Number three, transitions are about calm, unhurried efficiency. Heart rates tend to be high in transition. You're going to stay calm and efficient. Number four, build the effort by third on the bike. Build the effort by thirds on the bike. Pretty simple. Number five, when you get on the run, set the posture and foot speed. It's your only chance to do it. Get off the bike and get to good posture and foot speed as quickly as you can. And then, number six, throughout the entirety of the run course, you look to run as well as you can, good form, good posture, and good foot speed, etc. for as long as you can, as often as you can. And for many folks that aren't at the very thin edge of performance, that means integrating really smart walk breaks to reset form, to maintain high-quality pace, and to be resilient on the back end. So I'll say them again, be calm in the front of the swim, stronger in the back half of the swim. Transitions are about calm efficiency. Build the bike by thirds. Get on the run and set your posture and run as well as you can, as long as you can, as often as you can. And when it finally gets tough, just be a mentality giant. Yes, Underneath it all, you better be ready to be one tough bastard. In essence, guys, your race tactics build, 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 keep form, and be tough. And of course, underline it all, stay process-driven. 
it is then, then that you can finish the race because that's the mission, celebrate because that's the spirit, then reflect and begin the analysis. If we define race number one as a building block of lessons, an opportunity for growth, whether you knock it out of the park or navigate a tougher day, and then, okay, you're golden. So we've established the mindset, we've set up the training, we've developed a rough framework of race pacing and course navigation. What else is there in today's show, the initial overview? We have to dive into practical tips. Now, these are your do not miss elements of your first race. It's a return to racing, a big hiatus. Okay, most of these don't need a big, deep explanation. They're pretty obvious. And so what we get to a little luxury here is we get to have a quick fire round, as it were. Here it goes. Are you ready? Number one, don't forget about your equipment. Build a checklist. Ensure that all of your equipment works, dial it in, including that bike cleaning and tuning that you've been putting off, you naughty boy. And of course, make sure that you arrive with everything in order. Equipment, it's worth sorting it out now. Number two, map your weekend. Registration and logistics. What do you need to bring to the race? A checklist of your race habits, including meals and timelines. You see, when you're not in the rhythm of racing, it isn't going to be automated. And so this is the one time that you're going to hear me say a little anal retention is not a bad thing, even for the most arty-farty of you. Being scattered brings stress, and I promise you we don't need more stress. Number three, keep the rhythm. Sleep well eat well, but don't go crazy and change everything. It's back to racing and folks tend to hyperhydrate and shift all their habits, suddenly begin to become obsessed around stretching or nailing the body with a blitz of foam rolling. You don't need to do it. What did I say? The more that you approach this day, it's just a really tough day of training, the greater the chance it's going to be a really solid race day. And finally, folks, remember one thing. This is fun. It's a celebration and an opportunity for just a flash of gratitude. If we get these layers of readiness right, your performance potential is going to have the breathing room to come forward. Okay, so we edge towards the end of the show. But I promised you a bonus. And so for you folks, if you are in the midst of training currently, here's your bonus. You've got to have a few weeks to go for this, but I'm going to give you one more tip. If you're three or four or five weeks out of your first race, I would encourage you not to miss the opportunity to throw in one or two mini race simulators. Some much shorter efforts that can be well above race pace, but with everything practical that you can think of put into use. Your race bike all tuned and ready, your proper fueling and hydration set up, 
your race helmet and gear and wheels and shoes, your pre-race brekkie eaten and consumed at the time that you will do it in the set number of hours before race start, all of the little bells and whistles of a race. Now, it's not going to be exactly the same, but you can do a very short version of the event so that you kick out the kinks, knock off the rust, clear the mind, and develop a sense of this magic word, a lovely word, familiarity. That can really help settle the nerves and build a little bit of confidence. Now, if you're really into it, you can even set up little mini transition areas. Perhaps do something like an hour of power, 15 minutes of hard biking, five minutes of running, two to three times through, transition, speed, a hard effort, a completely different experience than maybe your race distance, but plenty of opportunity for you to make all the mistakes that you're going to make on race day. And it's also a short, sharp shock to the system. So there's not any need for you to be specific around race pace. All you want to do is immerse yourself in a situation that tickles the memory of what it feels like to go through race pain. You're also going to find out in those simulators where your flaws are what mistakes you're going to make, and then you don't need to make them on race day. It's some food for thought, isn't it, for you, for your coach, maybe even for your friends. All right, folks, I hope that helps. We are going to build from here. We've set ourselves up. We've got the expectations. There are none. We've established the mindset. It's a celebration. We're going to be really practical. We're going to avoid us being hyper-aggressive. We've got the lens. Now what we can start to do is build the collection. And I cannot wait for next week because we're going to talk next week about the swim. For many folks, 2020 really restricted swim access. There was a big reduction in the chance to train for it. And that swim for many of you guys is the weak point. And it's also, for many of you guys, the point of fear. So the thing that we're most fearful of in triathlon, we couldn't even touch. And now suddenly there's a looming race. I'm not surprised if it feels like you're walking towards the electric chair. Oh, if I can just survive the swim, then I'm going to be happy. I can just get on with finishing the event. I'm sure many of you guys have had those feelings. Well, we'd like to help. And so next week, I welcome Purple Patch coach John Stevens for a discussion around the swim. John is our resident swim expert, and he's got some wonderful insights on how to dial in the swim. Now, it's not just for the newbies. This is going to be around, yes, tips of stress reduction and how to successfully execute. But also, we're going to have a discussion around maximizing race performance on race day while leaving enough room for you to yield performance in the bike and run. And so next week, we come to part two of our return to racing collection. Oh, yes, the Purple Patch podcast takeover month. What a lot of fun. I hope it helps. Until next time, I want you to take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. 
If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!